This afternoon, I want to focus your attention on Matthew chapter 13 and the parable of the sower. Some have named this parable the parable of the, the soils, but I do prefer, I think it's, it's more accurate to say that this is the parable of the sower. This is a point which I, I hope to make into, to make clear by the end of this sermon. Now, this, this section of Matthew 13, it's, it's found in a section of Matthew's Gospels, chapters 11 through 13, which more narrowly focus our attention on the nature of the kingdom of heaven. In chapter 11, John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus and they ask him, are you the expected one? Is Jesus the Messiah? Or should we be, be looking for somebody else? Jesus replies and essentially says, the king has come. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus says, the kingdom has come. The king is here. Then in chapter 12, after the Lord Jesus Christ casts out a demon, the Pharisees accuse him of sin. They accuse him of casting out the demon by the power of Satan. And Jesus, in reply, he basically says, this is impossible. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But then he says this, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is Jesus' message. The kingdom of God has come upon you. It is here. So then we come now to Matthew chapter 13. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles there. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus reveals the nature of this kingdom in parables now. What is the kingdom like? What does it look like? How does it function? How do we know that it's here? So now let's turn our attention to our text, the parable of the sower. I'll be reading verses 1 through 9, although Jesus explains this parable for us through the end of verse 23. Let's read now the word of God, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Hear God's word. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Now this parable is one of only two parables found in all three synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels being Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The other parable is the parable of the landowner or the parable of the tenants, however you prefer to call it. And Jesus uses this parable here to introduce a series of seven parables all on the nature of the kingdom of God. And all of the following six parables really elaborate on this first parable. They, they open it up. They explain it more detailed for us. And so it's very important that we get the meaning of this first parable correct. It affects the way we understand and interpret the following parables on the kingdom of God. But there's a mystery to these parables. 
and a mystery in the Bible. It's something that was previously hidden, but it's, it's now, it now has been revealed to us. In the mystery of this parable, it lies not so much in its obscurity or its complexity, but rather the mystery of this parable, it lies in its simplicity. And its simplicity, too, is what makes this parable so valuable, so practical to us. J.C. Ryle, one pastor and commentator, he writes this about the parable. The parable of the sower is one of those parables which admit of a very wide application. It is being continually verified under our own eyes. Wherever the word of God is preached and expounded, and people are assembled to hear it, the sayings of our Lord in this parable are found to be true. So this parable has a very wide application. We see that. And it's, it's verified every time the word of God is preached. And so I wonder then, I wonder then if this afternoon, not here, all four types of hear, hearers are, are here this afternoon with us. I wonder if present with us we have wayside hearers. We have stony ground hearers and we have thorny ground hearers amongst us. I wonder if we have good ground hearers amongst us. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The kingdom of God is like a seed sown. A sower went out to sow. It's like a seed sown which, has, which falls upon different types of ground, which yields different results. The different soils represent different hearers in our text and their various responses to the word of God. In this parable, as I've said, it reveals something to us of the nature of the kingdom of God. But not only that, it reveals something of ourselves. It reveals something of you this afternoon. How do you hear? How do you respond to the word of the kingdom? The main point is this. The kingdom of God has come. And it is still coming for all those who would receive it by faith. As we open up this parable this afternoon, I want you to consider Christ. I want you to consider Christ whose word it is you are hearing. And I also want you to consider what type of hearer are you? Do not leave this afternoon without asking yourself the very important question, how do I hear? You see, it's very important that you hear the word of God. But it's of greater, and it's of greatest importance how you hear the Word of God. The title of my sermon this afternoon is The Kingdom Sown. And we're going to open up this parable in three main points. In the first place, we're going to consider the sower and the seed. In the second place, we will look at the poor soil hearers. And then finally, we'll look at the good soil hearer. So in the first place, let's consider together the sower and the seed. We see in verses 1 and 2 that a large crowd had gathered to listen to Jesus teach and preach. And in order to reach the crowd with his voice, he got into a boat. He sat down to preach to them. And to sit down at that, at that time and place, it was the typical posture of a Jewish rabbi a typical posture of a teacher who would begin to teach authoritatively. And so the whole crowd is standing there on the beach, able to listen to Christ teach. And Jesus begins the parable and he says, Behold, look, a sower went out to sow. And the New American Standard Bible, the translation, it, it explicitly pulls out the definitive article, the. The definitive article, the. It says, the sower went out to sow. And all of the other major translations, they say, a sower went out to sow. But remember what I said in the beginning. This is the parable of the sower, which is also what Jesus calls it. Look down at verse 18. Jesus says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. The sower and his seed 
is the main point. It's the emphasis of this parable. So we come to the question then, of course, who's the sower? But in order to answer that question, we have to know what the seed is. What is the seed? Well, Mark tells us in his version of this parable, Mark tells us that the seed is the word. Luke says in Luke chapter 8, he tells us that the seed is the word of God. And Matthew, in our text this afternoon, tells us in verse 19 that the seed is the word of the kingdom. It's the word of the kingdom because it's the message about the kingdom. Herman Ritterboss, one commentator, he says, It is the knowledge of the salvation present in Christ, the knowledge that the kingdom has come in Jesus as the Christ. This is the seed sown. It is the gospel of the kingdom. The Messiah's kingdom has come. This is the seed. So what's the seed? It's, it's the message that the kingdom has come. So then, who's the sower? Well, the sower is, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the sower. He is the messenger of the covenant. From Malachi chapter 3, we could say he's the messenger of the kingdom. If you'll recall with me, Matthew, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. He, Malachi speaks, or the Lord speaks through Malachi, about two messengers who would come. Listen to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. The Lord says this, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Now, this is the first messenger. This first messenger is John the Baptist, who would make way, who would, who would make a path for the Lord to come. And the Lord continues in Malachi. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. This is the second messenger, the messenger of the covenant. This prophecy here is fulfilled in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah is here. He's the messenger of the covenant. He is the messenger of the kingdom. He brings the kingdom. So first and foremost, who is the, who's the sower? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. But we must say, derivatively, that all of his preachers are sowers. Preachers of the pure word of God are the sowers. And without his seed... Without the word of God, a preacher cannot be a sower. The seed is the word of Christ. It's the message of the kingdom. It is not the word of the preacher. Christ's preachers preach his word, not their own. They do not come with a, with a message of their own. But as Peter says, he says, we preach the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So right now, you are hearing the word of the sower. I am only a, a sub-sower, a derivative sower of the true sower. The way in which you are hearing and responding presently to me is the way in which you are hearing and responding to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The one who made you, who formed you who grows you, the one who sustains you, the one who brought you here this afternoon, and the only one who can save you from your sins. You see, this is the mystery that the disciples themselves had a hard time understanding. The difficulty for the disciples in understanding this parable and for the rest of the crowd to understand it, it wasn't so much in, in the basic meaning of the parable. It, it's obvious enough there's different types of hearers. There's, there are different types of soils. We know that. The mystery of this parable and the ones to follow is with regard to the message itself. How can this be the kingdom? How can this be the king? The disciples were saying, we're, we're still under Roman oppression. Caesar still occupies us. He rules us. 
When is the king to come who will reestablish the kingdom of Israel? Who will fill the temple with the glory of God? Who would come to the mountain of the Lord and draw all nations to himself? Where is this king? According to Daniel, Israel, Israel would be ruled by four world powers. Babylon, Persia, Greece, and finally Rome. And then we're promised that one like the Son of Man, this rock would come. He would come to destroy Rome. A stone would come to crush Rome, to establish the kingdom, the everlasting kingdom of God. And they're saying, where is this king? But the word of the kingdom, this seed, is that this king has come. This is the seed. But the seed, listen to me, the seed is not only the message about the kingdom. This is very important. The seed is not only the message about the kingdom, but the seed is also the instrument. It's the means by which the kingdom does come. The seed is the message that the kingdom has come, but it's also the means by which the kingdom does come. The kingdom of Christ has come. And it comes by a word. The mystery, the mystery of this kingdom, it has, a, it has a twofold effect. It simultaneously reveals the kingdom. And it simultaneously conceals it. This message, it saves and it judges. These parables emphasize the presence of the kingdom of heaven. But they also tell us of the veiled way in which it comes. It comes by a word. It has not yet come in all its glory. It has come. That's the message. It has come. But it is still yet coming. Ritterboss again, he says, The kingdom has come. The Messiah has been revealed. But this can be only discerned by faith. That is to say, by the grace of God. Did you hear what he said? The kingdom has come. The Messiah, the Christ, has been revealed. But it can only be discerned by faith. The kingdom comes by faith in a word. It comes by faith in a message. It comes by faith in the word of God and by the spirit of God. It comes by grace. Through faith. The salvation of the kingdom has become a reality. And those who receive it by faith are made partakers of that kingdom. To be part of the kingdom, you need not be of a certain heritage. You need not be of a certain color or an IQ or a status in society. And listen to me, you need not be of a certain age. Children here this afternoon, listen to what I'm saying. If you are old enough to sin, if you are old enough to have a sense of your own sin before God, then you're old enough to hear this. You're old enough to understand this parable. You're old enough to understand the preaching of the word of God. And you're old enough to believe it. Listen to the word of God this afternoon and believe it. Believe in Jesus who came to save sinners. If you believe in Christ and you believe in his word preached from this pulpit, not just today, but week after week, then he will save you from your sins. He will bring you into his marvelous kingdom. Listen to this. Believe this. This is what the parable is about. It's about the sower. It's about his seed. It's about his kingdom sown into the world by the proclamation of a word, by the proclamation of a message, of a gospel. But before we move on, let me briefly say what this parable is not about. First, this parable is not about the preacher. Here the pure word of God is sown in, in the parable. 
There are many other texts of Scripture that speak about the preacher's responsibility in his, in his gifts and in his graces to preach the Word of God. But here, that's not the emphasis. The point of this parable is that the Word of God has been preached, unadulterated, it's pure. And so, the lack of fruit cannot be ascribed to the preacher, no matter how weak he is. But rather, the lack of fruit is purely dependent on the listener. All lack of fruit is blamed here in this parable on the hearer. Failure, then, is traced back to the hearer and to your responsibility to hear and to believe the word of God. I can't make you hear. I can't make you believe this. You need to bow down before God. Ask him to make you hear it. Ask him to give you ears to hear. The second thing this parable is not about, it's not about the proportion of success that the word of God has in the world. Some will read this parable. Some will say that three-fourths of the seed is lost. Some will say that three-fourths of the hearers who hear the word of God bear no fruit at all. And while it's true, it's true that at times the ministry of the word seems to bear so little fruit, that's not the point of the parable. In fact, this parable isn't pessimistic at all. It's optimistic. We don't know how much seed was, was sown on those three bad, bad soils. We don't know how much seed um, is, is sown on these poor soils. But we know that some of the seed brings forth 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit. In this parable, there's actually a great expectation of success. This is not a pessimistic parable. It is optimistic. We are talking here about the kingdom of God Almighty and the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, third and finally, this parable, it's not about four different classes or, or characteristics of people. It does not describe four different types of people who are predisposed to certain behavior. What I mean by this is that these, these soils are not four different types of natures of listeners. They're not, they're not strict uh, t- temperaments of people, that they're just born this way. This is, this is how they are. That's not what this is about. But these four soils, they represent a division of hearers with different responses to the word. And so what that means is that a single person is not fixed to one type of soil. These are not fixed natural divisions, but unbelievers can respond at different times, like the various poor soils. And by the grace of God, a poor soil here can be changed and born again to be a good soil hearer. Oftentimes, I know that this is true for me in my own life, how the Lord brought me to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know, we know, that the Lord uses the storms, the seasons of life, that he can use those, he does use those, to change the type of hearer you are, to change the type of hearer you were. The blazing summers, the freezing winters, the thunderstorms of life, the floodwaters of life that torment people. God can use those to change the hearer. Oftentimes, the Spirit of God does this in the lives of his people to prepare their hearts, to prepare the hearts of the hearers for the message of the gospel. And so the question is this morning, what type of hearer are you? How will you hear the word of God? How are you responding to the message of the kingdom? And I don't mean in the future. I mean right now. How are you hearing the word of God? How are you responding to the message of the kingdom as it's preached now? You must answer this question Be sure to answer well, brothers and sisters. Be sure to answer this. I appeal to you this afternoon. Answer this question well. 
Consider what I'm saying. Consider what Christ is saying here and now. And if you're a Christian here, be thankful that he has caused you to hear his voice. And now you come to him Lord's day after Lord's day to hear his voice again, and you hear him gladly. Be thankful to Christ for that. So, this is the parable of the sower. And this brings us now to the second main point. We've seen the sower and the seed. Now let us consider the poor soil hearers. In the parable, we see three poor soils. In the first place, Jesus says, Some seed fell beside the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. The result of this seed is that it was simply eaten up by the birds. But Jesus explains this this verse to us in verse 19. Look with me at verse 19. He says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Jesus says here that the wayside hearer does not understand. But this lack of understanding, we have to understand this. This lack of understanding, it's not a cognitive problem. Rather, this is a willful ignorance. He or she ignores the word. This is a volitional, a willful lack of understanding. This person does not fail materially to grasp the message of the kingdom, but this person fails morally to understand it. So Jesus says that the birds come and devour the seed of the word. The evil one comes and snatches the word. And Luke, in his gospel, he provides for us the purpose of the devil. He says the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. This lack of understanding, is, it's, a, it's a lack of belief. It's a deficiency of the heart. This person does not believe the word with his heart. And so he's culpable. And he's, he's guilty of his ignorance and his unbelief. This person, this person may be hostile to the word of God. But this person may simply just be careless. Either way, this person, this person here never gives the word a second thought. The seed lands on his heart but he never covers it up with a second thought. The evil one comes and snatches it away. Perhaps perhaps the evil one distracts the hearer. Perhaps you're distracted. He suggests other more important things to occupy his mind, to fill his heart up. You see, this person's mind is affected. It's informed by the word. But the mind rejects it. This person judges the word, the seed, the message of the kingdom, and says it's not true. It's not good. So he rejects it. And the devil comes and takes it away so that he will never believe and be saved. This person's heart is like the well-beaten path, the wayside hearer. The seed doesn't even have a chance. The passers-by, they, they come, they trample it. It's to be lost. It's to be destroyed, lost forever, forgotten, never to be remembered or to thought of again. This person goes home as if he did not even hear the sermon at all. This is the wayside hearer. There are many such hearers. Well, next we see the stony ground hearer. Jesus says in verses 5 and 6, if you look with me at the text, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. The seed here has fallen on a very thin layer of soil, just an inch 
Beneath the topsoil lays hard, stony ground. It's, there's bedrock. And so the seed then has no, it has no room to lay its roots into the ground. So it immediately springs up, and then the sun scorches it. And so the plant withers away. And Jesus explains this, this soil to us in verses 20 and 21. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, he immediately stumbles. This person immediately receives the word, receives it with joy, yet the result is that she falls away. This here is like Herod in Mark chapter 6, if you'll recall with me. Herod knew that John the Baptist was a righteous and a holy man. Herod even used to enjoy listening to John the Baptist preach as that first messenger. Remember from Malachi? As the first messenger preparing the way. Herod used to love to hear him preach. He received John's message with joy. He was attracted to the word. But pressure came. Pressure came from his wife, his stepdaughter, to behead John. And so Herod, because of what what others would think of him, he executed John in prison, had him beheaded. Herod here was a stony ground hearer. For a time, the effect of the word seems promising. He enjoys listening to the sermons. This, This person understands the word to a degree and even a sense to it, a sense to it, meaning believes it to be true. We may even perhaps that this person may soon be a Christian. Maybe we think that this, Christian, this person is a Christian already, this stony ground hearer. But she has no firm root in herself, Jesus says. When affliction and persecution come, she proves to be no Christian at all. She falls away. And this falling away proves that the word of God never really took root in her heart. It was never united with genuine faith. There was no true faith, no true sense of sin, no true repentance. And so tribulation and persecution come, and this person abandons her faith. She discards her profession. She apostatizes. She does not even, she does not have the root of the matter in her, which is true faith. And so she falls away. This person is what our confession calls a temporary believer. This temporary believer experiences a type of faith, but it's not saving faith. For saving faith, although it is at times attacked and even weakened, it gets the victory. Saving faith endures. Saving faith gets the victory. It perseveres until the end. But this person's heart is stony ground. It has a thin layer of soil, which barely allows the seed to germinate. But it, when it, it does germinate, it grows up, but it quickly, quickly withers away. This is the stony ground hearer. There are many such hearers. This brings us to the thorny ground hearer. In verse 7, Jesus says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And he explains it this way in verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. This person is the one who hears the word. He listens to it. He approves it. He even continues in it. He may really like the gospel. He may really even wish to obey God's law and gospel. Yet no good comes from it. For the thorns and the cares of the world 
world come up and they choke the crop. The word of God here, it's interesting. The word of God affects the mind. It affects the emotions and it even affects the will. Yet there's no true faith. There's no true love for the word. There's, there is knowledge and even a sense to the word. It's true. But this person doesn't own it. This person doesn't trust it for himself. So worldly anxieties, the deceitfulness of wealth, they choke the word. Mark, Mark tells us that the lust of other things choke the word. They choke the production of the word in the heart. And so it remains unfruitful. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, he writes to Timothy and he says these words, listen to me. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Paul, in writing to Timothy again, in his second letter to Timothy, he speaks of Demas, and he says that Demas has deserted him because he loved the world. John says in 1 John chapter 2, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The thorny ground hearer never truly loves God. He loves the world more than he loves Christ. He never abandons the lusts of the things of this world. And so they grow up. They choke the word. And he remains unfruitful. He passes away along with all of his lusts, along with all of the worldly things he takes pleasure in, he passes away with them. This is the thorny ground hearer. There are many such hearers. There are many ways to hear the word of God without profit. There are many ways to hear the word, even to receive it with joy, even to continue in it, yet to never truly believe it, to trust it, and to love it. These hearers never truly believe, and their lives prove it. Each one of these hearers, they bear no fruit at all. They may sprout up immediately. Perhaps they even bud. Perhaps a flower comes. But they may even endure for a certain amount of time but their lives prove that they are no true disciples of Christ. Do not be like these hearers. Your life depends on it. This brings us to the good soil here, our third and final point. Let's consider the good soil here. Jesus says in verse 8, But others fell on good ground, and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He explains this in verse 23. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. This hearer is the Christian. This good soil hearer hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit. He receives the word of God by faith in his heart. It affects his mind, it affects his emotions, and it affects his will. It affects all of these things lastingly, eternally, savingly. This one here has been born again by the Spirit of God and his heart has been made to be good soil. The Spirit of God and the Word of God work effectually in this person and he savingly believes the Word. 
Mark says that he accepts the word. Luke says that he hears the word. He hears the word and and holds it fast in an honest and good heart and brings forth fruit with patience or perseverance. You see, brothers and sisters, the wayside hearer does not understand the word, but the Christian understands it. The stony ground hearer does not hold fast to the word, but the Christian holds fast in his heart and stands fast in it. The thorny ground hearer does not bear any fruit, remains unfruitful, but the Christian bears fruit, brings forth 30-fold, 60, 100-fold. The genuine believer hears the word and unites it with faith. He knows the word. He assents to it, says, yes, it's true, it's good. And he believes it, he trusts it for himself. He loves it for himself. He believes the good news and, and trusts in the promises for himself. He desires the word. He longs for the word because it's true. And it's good. He wills to know the word and he wills to do the word, to practice it, to live it, to bring forth fruit. He holds it fast. He holds it dear to himself and he keeps it before him. He never lets it go. Listen, all others fall away and die. This one brings forth fruit. This one lives forever. We've noticed that none of these hearers have produced any fruit except for this one. Now, I've heard this parable preached before. And these men have preached this sermon, preached this parable. And they've they've said that, that each of these four soils are different states. They're different, they're different attitudes of genuine believers in the church. These preachers say that, that sometimes real Christians are wayside hearers. Some of them are stony ground hearers, and sometimes there's thorny ground hearers. And sometimes for the really good Christians, they're good ground hearers. And so what they say is that you need to strive. You need to strive to be a good soil hearer. You need to till up the soil of your heart and make it ready to hear the word of God. You need to be constantly consistent to receive the word of God in good faith in order to bear fruit. That's what they say. Now listen to me. That's true. That point of application is true. You must till up the soil of your heart. Prepare yourself to come and to receive the seed, to hear the word of God preached. And that is true. But that's not true. the the proper interpretation and therefore the proper application of this text. That's a wrong interpretation of this parable. And that wrong interpretation, to say that Christians are all four types of hearers, that wrong interpretation has led to defend the doctrine of the carnal Christian. You may have heard this, the carnal Christian. It's a false doctrine that teaches that a person can be truly saved. And believe in Jesus Christ for salvation and yet still walk and live like the world. Uh, uh, The doctrine of the carnal Christian says you can be a real Christian, but then live like the devil. Jesus can be your savior, but he doesn't have to be your Lord. That's false. That's a false doctrine that's, that's grounded in a false interpretation of this parable. Only good soil Christians bear fruit. That's what Christ is teaching us. Christians are the good soil hearers. But the other carnal Christians, they say, they say they're saved but yet never bear fruit. That's wrong. How contrary is this to the truth? There's only one soil which represents Christians. The Christian is the good soil and only the good soil because Christians bear fruit. Now, their fruit is not the ground. Your fruit is not the, not the ground for your salvation. 
But it's just that. It's fruit. It's evidence. It's the vindication. It's the manifestation, the demonstration that you are a Christian, a good soil hearer. The fruit is proof that the word has been received into the heart, not like the other hearers, but that it's been received into the heart and united with saving faith. You see, this is the mystery of the parable. The kingdom has come. It's been revealed, and it is still yet being revealed. But it's also concealed. It's revealed to those who believe and bear fruit. It's concealed to those who don't. We'll conclude with this. Look with me at verses 10 through 13. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus here explains the reason why he speaks in parables, but I just want to look at these four verses, verses 10 through 13. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. This is the mystery of the kingdom. The kingdom of Christ has come, and it comes by a word. The kingdom has been sown, and it is being sown. It comes by the preaching of the word of God. It comes by the proclamation of the gospel, and it comes by hearing, by believing it, uniting it with faith. This is the way of the kingdom. It is by faith that the kingdom comes. It comes through the word. It comes through faith. Herman Ritterboss, again, he says that the, he, he says, this is so wonderful. He says this, the way of the kingdom is like this. A sower went out to sow and nothing further. And this means the new world of God. The way of the kingdom is like this. A sower went out to sow, and that's it. And this means the new world of God. This parable here, it emphasizes two things about the kingdom, which get fleshed out in the rest of the chapter. First, the kingdom is simultaneously revealed to those who believe, and it's concealed to those who don't. The sower's seed, it's the same seed, but it's fruitful and it's fruitless. Those who receive the word preached by faith, they bear fruit. They are made partakers of the kingdom. And those who don't receive it, they remain fruitless. They're excluded from the kingdom of God. The second thing that this parable emphasizes for us is that the kingdom has come, but it's still coming. The sower has gone out to sow. The way of the kingdom is like this. A sower went out to sow, but he's still sowing. The seed's still being sown. His preachers are still preaching. But while we may not see much fruit in this present evil age, there's great hope. The kingdom has been sown in a seed, and the seed is growing this parable is meant to direct our attention to what is coming. There is a rich promise of blessing in this parable. As I said, it's not pessimistic. This is an optimistic parable. We are not to be totally discouraged when the seed falls by the wayside. 
when it falls by the stony ground or on the thorny ground here. We're not to be completely discouraged. This is, this is the sower's purpose. There's great hope in this parable of the seed which falls on good ground. Some of it bears fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. We have the promise of the sower that his seed will produce fruit. The crop of God's kingdom will produce. It will succeed and go forth in power. And Jesus says this, be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Whoever has to him more shall be given. He'll have an abundance. Who dares to hope what is to come? Who can imagine the glory and the beauty and the greatness of the kingdom to come? It's here, but it's still yet coming. He who has ears, let him hear. Look this afternoon, look to the king, the messenger of the kingdom who came, who died, who was buried, who on the third day rose again from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, who judges all things, who works all things after the counsel of his own will for your good, for the good of the church, for the good of his kingdom. Look to the king. This is, this is the parable of the sower. The kingdom is here. Brothers and sisters, it's here right now. The few of us gathered this, together this afternoon. It's here. It's amongst us. It's here now. But it's still coming. This is the parable of the sower. Amen. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, oh, how we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. How we thank you for the sower, the messenger of the covenant, the messenger of the kingdom, the one who came to establish his own kingdom, the kingdom of God on earth. God, we thank you for his life, his perfect life, his perfect doing of the law. God, we thank you for his death, his perfect dying to sin, dying for sin, for us, for all those who would be good soil hearers, for all his people who are born again and to be born again by the Spirit of God, to receive the word and the seed of the kingdom by faith. How we thank you for Christ, how we thank you for the Spirit of Christ who now dwells in us. We thank you that the kingdom is here. We thank you as Jesus tells us the kingdom of God is within us. Oh God, we pray, grow your kingdom. We pray, Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray for anyone here this afternoon who's outside of Christ, who's outside of the kingdom. Change their heart. Give them ears to hear. Give them hearts to believe. Make them good soil hearers. Usher them into the kingdom of heaven the everlasting kingdom of the Lord God Almighty. Bring them in, we pray. We pray this for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name, amen.